So I guess uh, I got you on the podcast today. I wanted to, a couple things, a couple things I want to get out of this podcast, Brady. We could go down a million rabbit holes and I'll try not to, but I want to hear just a real quick summary because you and I talked before this last season. Uh, yeah, right before, before, we got our, before we got our butts kicked. Before we got our butts kicked this year. And uh, I kind of want to recap it. You've probably done it on other podcasts, but um, I'd love to hear just kind of uh, some highlights, um, low points, whatever. What what didn't work? Why didn't do you think it didn't work? Um, tell me about your mule deer yeah. season. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to talk about. Yeah. So that, and then I'd also like to dive into 2023, what we're going into. It's that time of year. We're kind of yep. planning out our calendars, um, looking ahead, getting excited about some potential draw hunts, maybe, uh, always having the over the counter stuff on the back burner. If, and most likely that's what I'll be doing again um this year is all oh, yeah. the counter stuff but you always hope for one but i'd love to talk to you about um some of the things that you're doing um we can go back and forth on how we're kind of looking at the season uh how we go about kind of our application strategy uh going to insider yeah. a little bit we both use that a ton and um maybe walk guys through some of the things that we do this time of year um as it's kind of an important time of year like this is this is what's going to give us that calendar build in the fall season when we're when we're busy out there uh just putting boots on the ground so um i'd like to go over those those two things first let's talk about 2022 what happened what didn't happen why didn't it happen let, let me hear it oh gosh you're gonna put me on the spot right away so 2022 yep. i had I had so many high hopes, so many dreams, so many aspirations of what I was going to experience when I was out, you know, chasing mule deer. I had basically what do I have. I had a crazy amount of time off. I took all my time off, scheduled it for that late October through first week in November. So I think I had two and a half weeks straight to hunt two different states, which I never get. That's like a very long time for me to hunt. So I had a lot of time in this one state and a lot of time in another state. And Went in, went in totally blind. They're two two totally different uh, units that I just researched a lot. You know, thought I could get away from a lot of people, and I, I liked them a little bit because this one unit I first hunted was a little bit more timber, and it wasn't you know as much burned country that I was used to hunting. And so I just thought like, hey, maybe some deer that just die of old age in here because no one wants to hunt. It's going to be hard to hunt. Like not a lot of places to glass from. I mean, it's very remote still, which I loved. And I summer scouted it. Everything just looked phenomenal. Green grass everywhere just looked like, oh my gosh, there's going to be just giants because it was so wet this last, you know, summer. Summer scouted it. Didn't see a ton of deer summer scouted, but saw a lot of sign that I thought was enough for me to see because I was just taking inventory, trying to figure out how to get back into those places. Mm -hmm. Hunting season comes. I get all the way up in there. And uh, somehow I got convinced because I got made fun of because I, I love wearing you know leather boots when on these on these later season hunts and i'm and, and uh you you definitely know these two guys porter and lorenzo mm -hmm. i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw a porter on the bus real quick okay he's like brady you're such you're such a tech technical hunter like why are you using leather boots still hmm. and i'm like well i just they're just comfortable they just work they're broken in they're just it just makes me feel like i'm mule deer hunting when i'm wearing a nice pair of leather boots in a late season hunt 
Yeah. He's like, you're, you're a guy who just, you know, all your gear's dialed, your gear looks nice. Like you need some nice technical pair of synthetic boots. Like let's get you a stiff pair of boots. Cause it's like you hunt the nasty country. And I'm like, yeah, I got, you know, seven days to prepare for this hunt. So I had to try to break in a pair of boots seven days mm. before the hunt. I'm just trying to be sure. Like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll try a new pair of boots. Start hiking in them at home, treadmill, try to break them in. I don't really wear stiff boots very often, but I was like, yeah, hey, these feel really comfortable. But again, I'm only here in town doing a little bit of hikes. I get to my hunting unit, do my little hike that, you know, normally I can go up pretty easy, even though it's, you know, quite a few miles in. And uh, the first hour I stopped because my feet were destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> was it that uh, that bruised feeling like somebody took a hammer to the bottom of, the bottom of them? Oh, or was it? Oh my gosh. Was that it? It was just, it was just a bruised feeling, but just so much throbbing pain where, you know, every time you take a step and get to that point where it's just like, you can just feel your feet and I don't want to feel my feet. It's like, yeah. I have to think about everything. So every step is just like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I trained all year for this moment. Like I am physically ready to rock. All my gears dialed. I have a plan in place. And if you want to figure out a way to knock me down in a mountain terrain where I need to be at my best. I need to have some heels because I need to be able to climb up every single day is give me some blisters because I don't get blisters at all. But that just literally was not a good thing. It to start sounds like having blisters. Porter, Porter kind of sabotaged you a little bit. You I, think you he, into... I think he was worried. Yeah. Because he had a really good meal there tag and, you know, he wanted to knock me back a few steps oh, yeah. a little harder for me, a little oh, more challenging. There it is. Yeah. So word of advice never listen to anyone when they make fun of your boots and try mm. to convince you to switch, especially seven days before you go hunting. So, Oh man. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, that that's was a bummer. Yeah. I, I, real quick on the boot thing. Um, like you, I don't ever have issues with my feet ever. I don't, I couldn't even No, I think I was like 16 years old or something. Last time I had a blister on my foot. It's been a long, long time was that's over 30 years ago. Um, and I wear soft boots. I do wear all leathers, um, yeah. but I wear soft boots, kind of like a tennis shoe, slipper-like. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a hunt, a spring bear hunt in Washington where I drew I drew a pretty good tag, and uh, I went in there, and I tried a different pair of boots in spring. It was a stiff pair of boots, and man, I didn't get blisters, but I had the worst, like, it was a throbbing bruised feeling on the bottoms of my feet and you know it was steep country all that and my gut said just go with what you always wear but i wanted to try these new boots they were just out to market and and they were stiff i thought i could get away with them but i it hurt so bad i ended up <clears throat> i was in there probably eight miles and i could hardly like I was taking my boots off, which I never do as well because my feet don't even sweat. I was taking them off, just trying to like massage the bottoms of my feet because they were so bruised. And I ended up <clears throat> leaving my gear, hiked out, hobbled my way out. Um, there were times I was just like, I just roll over on my side and just like my feet were killing me so bad. Ended up getting back to the truck, swap shoes, went back in. Took a while for my feet to come back. But it was so much more comfortable going back with the old tried and true, just a soft, oh, yeah. soft leather boot, you know, the no, no shanks, yep. no, no stiffness to them at all. You know, my feet just weren't accustomed to that, that rigidity that a lot of people do great yep. in stiff shoes, like sheep guys, 
I've never done sheep. I don't know how they do, but I, I would be in a stiff boot thing though. So I don't either. I, I would be in my, the same boots I wear right now. If I ever miraculously drew a sheep tag, I'd still wear my soft soled boots. They're oh, so yeah. comfortable. I don't lose anything by using them. Um, yeah, it's just, I think to each his own, everybody's a little bit different. Some guys love them. Um, but yeah, I'm a soft boot guy through and through for sure. Yeah. I've only used stiff boots twice now and both times it's been a miserable experience. And the first time I tried to do my best to really break them in all summer long. I had so many miles on them. My feet just never liked them. I think it's just a, like I said, everyone's foot's different and then I just never been able to do it. So the second time now fully hammers home the point. Like, yeah, I'm not a stiff boot guy. I need to go back to my flex, like very flexible leather boots and, and these hunts. So yeah, I had two giant, like these were like 50 cent piece size blisters on both my heels, both my left and my right heels. Oh man. So that was fun. That was a fun way to start. But the best thing is I get all the way up in there and there's no one at this spot I parked, no tracks on this trail, like in the last week or whatever people scouting, because it was the hunting season was already going on. No one has been up there. So I'm like, yeah, this is going to be phenomenal. I was worried about that a little bit because I just thought, you know, never hunted here before. Never know what I'm going to expect. If I wanted to try a new unit, try a new area, get all the way back in there to my first little camp spot and uh, set up my binos that first evening. Didn't see a single deer. Ooh. I'm like, all right. So, all right. That's okay. That's just an evening. This would, was this October? Yeah, this was like, this was... what, maybe October... 19th 17th somewhere around there so far i think i think, right, I, think right. I, I believe i hunted like that yeah we were we were close to the same time yeah because I, I remember like it had been a real dry fall season you know not much moisture at all yeah. no snow prior to that kind of the last 10 days of october and then we got a massive push like it was about as good as you could ask for like i was so excited couldn't have been more excited yep. for the weather that was coming and then the weather actually came we had cold conditions we had a crud ton of snow and i was like this is going to be a year like no other and you the were a perfect were storm as well I, I was already envisioning and nothing happened like yeah because i got i got i got up there before the storm and i, I had three i think i had three full days before the storm and so I like, just like, yeah, I'm licking my chops. Like, this is going to get good. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to wait it out. But every single day I was up there before that storm hit. I'm looking at my inReach, updating the weather. Like, oh, wow, it's going to be seven inches. And I'm like, that's seven inches, wherever that is. Like, it's going to be way more on the mountain. Yeah. I'm just not seeing a lot of deer. I'm just not seeing many bucks. I'm seeing these little dinkers, little forking horns. And I am deep, like seep and deep. So I'm like, well, I didn't see any deer the first night. I wanted a glass in the morning right from, right from that little area again. Barely saw any deer. Not seeing any elk either. There's no elk tracks anywhere, which I was great on because I really don't like seeing elk when I'm deer hunting. <laughs> sure. and, it was, and so I'm like, well, there's not many more places I can go that's higher in this mountain range. I'm already as remote as I can get right here. I'm already seven, eight miles in. I can go maybe a little bit further, but there's not any like more elevation I can gain. There's a little bit more craggy terrain i can probably go check out so like i'm gonna have to move camp the next day but first i'm gonna go hike all the way over there just to check before i have to move everything because as you as you know i carry this giant spotting scope in my backpack that's a giant paperweight sometimes and i want to make sure if i'm going to go all the way over there it's going to be worth it yeah, you got about 
two items that I don't pack. A uh, You've got a cannon for a rifle that weighs like, I don't know, 40, 50 pounds or something, it feels like, and your massive <laughs> uh, Hubble telescope. So, yeah, you, you carry a couple yeah. of real heavy, heavy pieces in your pack. So I, so I need to just go out and like do a little reconnaissance and like see if there's going to be deer over there. And so I hiked all the way over there in the morning, woke up super early, got all the way over to this other area, climbed up a bunch of elevation, sat there all day. Again, experienced exactly what I experienced the last couple of days. Dink, blow bucks, nothing really moving in the morning, nothing moving in the evening. Tried glassing all the dark timber I could find, tried glassing all these little open areas. I found some little nice burn spots too in the backside of this mountain. Not a deer, barely any tracks in this little area. I spooked some deer walking over there in the dark timber. Like you couldn't hunt them unless you were a guy like Robbie who wanted to go still mm -hmm. hunt. Like, mm -hmm. yep. And so I was just like, well, this whole basin in front of me is just the most picture perfect thing you've ever seen. It's like the way it ran, the way the mountain was shaped. That's what really turned me on to it because there were so many folds that I could see deer in the dark timber where they could pull into little pockets they could bed into in the middle of the day. There's going to be feet out there. And there was, there was feed there in the summer. I could see it all. I was seeing some deer, but like, I was like, maybe I should stay here. And maybe the snowstorm when it hits, it's going to push them out. But I'm like, my gosh, I hadn't seen anything yet. Am I going to waste my time on this spot where I haven't seen anything yet? This storm, the perfect storm is coming. Or do I bounce right now, which I hate doing. I really don't like leaving and going to relocate, but I'm like, I feel defeated right now. My gut is telling me to move. And like, well, I know we had the last podcast, like, when do you, when do you decide to move or give like, up a spot? And it was just like, everything I experienced up to this point was just telling me to leave. Yeah. Mm. Like I didn't have a single thought in my head to stay there. Like there's a giant there. Like I didn't see any signs pointing to there's going to be any more deer that I'm going to see because it seemed like every deer, every day I was seeing the same smaller deer. Like they weren't mm. just coming out once and then leaving. It was the same, just small deer, few does, but very few does. I don't really even like seeing does that right now, unless it's going to get ruddy, but nothing was getting ruddy. Mm. And I'm just like, I got to bounce. And I, and it hurt me to say that because I looked down at my, my feet and I'm like, my heels are not going to like this because <laughs> now I have to go now I have to go downhill again and burn them out. But the thought in my head was I have another pair of boots. I have my old trustees back in my truck mm. and I'm going to switch into my nice, comfortable, soft leather boots, go relocate and go even further in this other area that I hadn't been to. So now I'm going totally blind. Again, this I haven't hunted the unit, but I'm going to go change spots before the snowstorm. Mm. And that was a hard thing to leave, but I was like, it's got to move. I moved areas, hiked all the way back in, and I'm like, kept looking at my inReach, like, oh, the storm's coming this afternoon. The storm's coming. I got to pick up my pace. Like, I got to get up there. I got to get going because I need to get set up my camp. It's going to get nasty. All signs point to it's not going to be fun tonight yeah so i get all the way up in this little, little little area i really the area when i was hiking up in there deer tracks all over the place you know mm. tracks i'm just like oh gosh this is the mecca i found it like deer like fresh deer tracks in the dirt like hasn't snowed yet probably thinking so get all you, up you my... made the best choice ever to move at that point the best best choice ever and this area now was back to my back to my roots it was the nastiest stuff in the unit the other area was pretty nasty, but this was like way nastier. And I was like, okay, like, why did I, why didn't I, what was, this is where sometimes too, where I, I'm trying to take some of this I learned for 2023. I'm still jumping in a little quick, little, little bit. Like this terrain I saw when I saw it in person, mm -hmm. I did not realize 
it looked that way when I was looking at it online on 3D. Like it was very difficult to try to like, I don't know, picture this. You picture how this like mountain looked and and like mm -hmm. felt once I was there. But like when I was on the ground, I was like, why wasn't this my number one spot? Like this place looks phenomenal. It's got a whole deer in it. Mm -hmm. But just like everything I was looking on the computer, these other areas, and then my boots on the ground got it made me lean towards a different area. But this spot just in person, it's like always one of those hard things to like, you know, what you see in a computer where boots on the ground, it's going to be totally different. And this spot just looked great. Like the terrain was phenomenal. All the the features that I like hunting yield there and had some more burn, had some more old growth, had some new growth stuff going on. Like it was way more remote. There's mm. no, there, there was a trail for like a half mile and then kind of petered off a different way. And I'm like, all right, now I'm just on my own. Mm. Which that even makes me more, it makes me more excited. Like there's no horse guys getting back here because I didn't find any sign of horse guys. I'm like, that's a win. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I'm getting up there trying to set up starting to snow on me. I'm, I'm like, I got to cut wood right now as fast as I can, because there's going to be no wood tomorrow because it's going to be under a foot of snow. Yeah. And so I, I, I just go to town. I'm like, I have to give up this evening of glassing, unfortunately, because I need to do my chores at camp. I have to get this done. I'm, I'm totally solo. Honestly, I don't have a camera guy. I try to self film everything because, uh, my camera guy got the uh, sickness. Uh oh. Forty-eight, like 70, 72 hours before my hunt was going to happen, and like, oh, okay, dang, that's. So I was going solo, so I had to do all this stuff like myself, which is totally fine because I'm capable of doing that. But it was just like, you know, it would have been cooler to have my camera guy recorded. I'm trying to do a bunch of stuff, so I'm just setting up my camera. I don't know how to self film. I've never done this before. Like, I, I kind of feel awkward doing it. Setting my camera on a log, mm. you know, walking out in front, trying to saw, try to saw a tree down and. <laughs> Drag, gather all this wood but then i wake up wake up in the i wake i start snowing a ton i finally get you know camp taken care of tp up tp's roaring i'm like well i do have a little bit of time to go glass i'm gonna go glass went out to glass saw an elk mm. oh my god great great Just punch like, to the gut <laughs> yeah like what, what what is this thing doing <laughs> but i'm like yeah you know Sure, I'm, I'm glassing some areas that kind of look elky, but like I wanted to go up on top of this ridge tomorrow, this like gnarly knife ridge. And I'm like, that's the area I want to glass. Like this basin I'm in, I didn't really want to camp in the basin. I kept looking at it before I got there, and it's like, man, is there going to be any deer in this basin? But I had to put my tent there because there's the only flat spot. There was no flat spots on this mountain, and going to that basin would spook out anything else that was in there. But then I did see that elk in there, and I'm talking like it's a tight basin, like you know maybe like 800 to 1,000 yards. And so like if my presence in there is definitely felt by any animal, but I'm like, this is the only spot I got camp. I got to can't camp on a ridge line because th this wind is going to destroy my teepee. If I do have to be down on this little depression. And then that night I woke up every hour on the hour to clear snow off my, my teepee because it was gnarly. Just caving it in, just super. Just deep. caving it in. And it was like the ground wasn't frozen yet. And mm -hmm. you know, the poles on, on the, on the teepees. So that pole that, the teepee was pitched really, really steep, like it should be, mm -hmm. but all that snow was just baking on there and caking on there, not sliding down because it was building up from the ground up. So I had snow mm -hmm. all the way up the, the teepee in like a three inch cake thing. And then it just kept getting heavy and heavy. And since the ground wasn't frozen, that teepee pole was pushing down into the oh. ground. So, so it was, so it was starting to cave out. And so all of a sudden I woke up, I'm like, man, what's something on my head? <laughs> like I had snow just buried on my head. So I had to keep going outside, keep clearing it off and then i'm like well now i need a i need to find a rock but i look pole. around 
yeah, for the pole. So it gets that ground support. I look around, I'm like, yep, where am I going to find a rock right now? And all, all the mm. snow. So I'm like, just kicking, kicking around in the dark with my boots untied, getting snow in my boots, like trying to find a rock so I can put it under the teepee pole. I finally find one, but I'm like waking up constantly still trying to get the snow off the teepee. And I wake up the next morning and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good day. All that snow all night. I'm going to get up on this ridge, got up on that ridge, start glassing and uh, not seeing much. Not seeing, I don't think I saw anything that next day. Hmm. Another kick to the gut. And I'm like, this place Jeez. is phenomenal. Like I'm in this, I can see my basin. I can see a, a basin over here. I climbed up over the next ridge, you know, looking over all this country. This country is, if I could say it's picture perfect for what I love to hunt, it's picture perfect. And mm. I think some, I think sometimes picture perfect is the wrong picture you need to be looking at. It's too, it looked too, it looked too good. Do you think, do you think it was, it, it was so picture perfect that others maybe had hunted it in the past or what do you think it was? I think they probably, I think there could have been because there is some other ways to access it, mm. but I'm obviously on my foot. I don't know if other guys are on horseback or if they're just coming in from a different way, but like, I don't know. Like there was a lot of snow. I mean, there was eight, yeah. 18 inches of snow mm. at this, like in the next, like maybe two days, we got another bit of snow. So in total, as I was hunting here for a couple of days, I had like 18 inches. It was just like up to my knee, maybe a little taller than my knee in some areas, especially in the drifted spots. So like, Sure, maybe some deer could have started moving down. We knew the snow was coming, but like I could glass down. It's not like I couldn't see these little areas. I could glass quite a long ways sometimes where the snow break was. Like I could see where it was getting warmer down low when it was raining and up there it was snowing. So I could see all that terrain. So I was looking at all the high country. I'm looking at all the mid levels and I'm looking at some of the lower stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like trying to picture my head like, where, where are these bucks? They have to be here. Or was it just a spot again? Because I hadn't been here before. Try to do all my e-scouting. Maybe I just got fooled. Like everyone gets schooled every now and then. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know why. I looked like there had to be deer there again because it was picture perfect. It looked differently on the computer. I got there. As like I said, it looked even better. And I'm, not, I'm just, I found like a couple does. I'm like, okay, there's a there's does up here. Like at, least this there's, is, at least there's deer and not just there's deer. Yeah. And I'm like, but where are the bucks at? The bucks can't be much higher because it's, it's literally just the, you know, mountain goat country. Yeah. I'm looking all up. I'm looking up all this craggy stuff, trying to figure it out. Looking at all these burned areas. All of a sudden I get on this one big ridge and I see this track and I look at it and I'm like, oh gosh, that's a buck track. It's on a, on a knife ridge. I'm like, there's no way that's, you know, a mountain goat. It's definitely a mule deer track. I can tell the way it's walking. It's not like brushing in the snow or whatever. It's got enough, you know, deepness underneath his chest where it's his chest above there. I figured mountain goat would probably be a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. I'm following this this deer track, gets in this nastiest area, drops down this basin. I'm like, all right, I can see where you drop down in here. This is a fresh deer track from that morning. I'm going to camp on you all day and I'm going to wait you out. And you're going to come out eventually. I'm going to find you. And he never, never did, never saw him. All day, he stuck it out. All day, all day, I stuck it out because I'm like, dude, that deer track was, it's one of those ones you look at, you know, big and blocky. And like, I'm like, so there's, a, there's something up here. Yeah. But it's the only one again. No, one old loner crusty. That just gets your imagination going when you just see one track. Cause you just you just gotta think like he's just this monster. Like he's the he's the yep. oldest buck on the hill. Oldest the oldest. And like so now again I'm thinking like, man, what am I what am I doing wrong? What like where's one deer track here? There's more basins I could keep covering, but like now I'm thinking to myself, there's no deer in this spot again because I think I only saw that I saw one doe. And I saw two does and then I saw that buck track. 
and that elk. And I saw a few more elk as well. And that's the only deer I saw at the second spot. Hmm. So now I'm like, do I grind it out again? Like I have my camp set up. I have enough wood cut. I'm here to survive if I need to. I have all the essentials, melting snow for water, or do I move on? Now, again, like my thought goes to, I need to move again because I'm just not seeing anything and I'm just wait burning days because I am burning time, burning days, and I'm not seeing anything that I need to see to keep hold me here. I kept going further and further in the second spot as well to the point where I'm like, you know, I have to think about moving camp now because I'm getting so far away from my main camp. My main camp's already really far in the mountains. Mm. So one night I'm sitting up on top glassing. I look all the way across this area, like so far away. And I'm like, I think I can see like other features that look really good to me. And I don't know if I like could actually see, I saw some, I saw some animals moving over there, but it was so far away. It's like, yeah, what is that? It is probably a doe, but it might be some, some deer. And it was another area that was kind of higher, but it wasn't as much snow in that area yet because it was a little bit lower elevation, but that you can see the tops were getting, you know, had some snow on it and we had another snowstorm coming. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to move again. Something again, it's now something I'm breaking all my rules. This is the second time I've moved. Usually I never do this. And I'm like, sure. well, I'm going to relocate and we're going to relocate in the dark. So I just grabbed all my TV, broke it down and relocated in the dark. Hike all the way out in the dark, moved my, moved my vehicle all the way around this big, big mountain, reparked again, rehiked all the way up in the dark. Cause I'm like, I just got, I can't waste time anymore. I got to start moving in the dark. Crunch time. And then I started yeah. like, it's, it's getting to the point where I had, maybe five, five days left. So I've already been out here for quite a long time, maybe six days. And this is when I started working up all these basins. And again, I'm seeing deer tracks in this new area. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm seeing deer tracks, like fresh deer tracks again. It's going to be good. Get up to the first, first little glassing area. I kind of want to work up this mountain when it was getting daylight a little bit so I can see some things. Getting that first light, I'm like, this is going to be perfect. I'm just going to kind of still hunt glass a little bit as I'm working my way up the mountain because I just... I got to switch my tactics up a little bit. I can't just bomb up the mountain and sit down in glass. I need to like, I'm going to work this timber slowly. Every time I get around the corner, I'm going to look, you know, in the thick stuff, try to find a, a deer moving because there was some deer walking on my same little deer trail I was walking on earlier in the day or at night. Mm-hmm. And then I finally get up to this top ridge. It's literally one of those times where you sit down, you glass, you pick up an animal right away. I was maybe glassing for two minutes. And this is when I see the mountain lion. Mm-hmm across yeah. the basin and yeah. it took me a little bit took me a little bit to realize okay i got a mountain lion tag because i have you know i have two deer tags yep yep so i, I can use one of my i can use one of my deer tags on a mountain lion and uh yeah i ended up laying down and just like wow the mountain lion's in my effective range and it's just sitting there and I'm like what does a mountain lion do when they're not on a rock you know it's on his boulder i'm like a mountain lion's not going to hop off his boulder and feed like a deer like i'm thinking in my head like it's during the day it's probably either hunting right now or it's getting ready to go do whatever mountain lion does during the day. And I'm like, so it's not probably going to stick around here very long. It's not going to go down and feed like a deer does. Just maybe it's, you know, looking down at an animal it just killed or thinking about putting a stock on something. So I'm like, I'm probably gonna have a short window here. I'm like, I just turned around, grabbed my spotter out of my backpack. I just didn't even have my spotter out. I just had my binos in my hand. Grabbed my, grabbed my spotter, grabbed my tripod, set it up, throw my phone, phone on there, start digiscoping. There's just a giant tree right in the way. I can't do anything about it. So it's like one of those situations too, where like a glass animal, I can shoot it from that glassing spot. Like never really happens. Like that. I don't have, I don't have to go put another stock on. Yeah. So time goes by or whatever the mountain lion kind of moves, take a shot, smash the mountain lion. I'm like, I just hit him. I just shot a mountain lion. Like that <laughs> without dogs. 
Yeah. Yeah. Without dogs on a spot and stock hunt while I'm trying to hunt deer. And here you get here again. Now this, this basin again, will look really great. And I had plans on camping near here, but I'm like, well, now I should make, took a shot in here and there's a mountain lion in here. So I, now after I go recover this mountain lion, now I have to go even further because I don't want to hunt near where there's a mountain lion. Cause it just, I have limited days now. And not like, why waste my time hunting here? Because this mountain lion's probably been hunting in here. Yeah. So yeah, shot my Makes first sense. mountain lion, which was really cool. That's Super awesome. fortunate to do that. Yeah. And uh, again, I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to take all the meat, and uh, so I just deboned him. I, I was on the mountain, sitting there, thinking to myself, "Well, I know how to skin. I know how to skin a bear. I've skinned a, a million coyotes, mink in my life. I'm like, it's got to be very similar to a bear. Mm. You know, kind of cape it out. So I'm like, I'm not quite sure how to do a mountain lion because I've never been on one and never seen anyone do it before. So I'm like, I in reached my dad. This is like just one cool part I gotta say." I in reached my dad and I was like, dad, I just shot a mountain lion. Or I mentioned to him earlier, I shot a mountain lion. I'm at the mountain lion right now. I recovered it. Can you Google right now how to skin a mountain lion? Because <laughs> I want to make sure I do this right. Yeah. yeah. So my dad's, my dad's like, yes, I will drop everything right now. He sends me like a bunch of different in reach messages. Cause you know, he can only send like 160 characters. 160. Yeah. 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 So like, I have like a bunch of messages coming in and I was like sitting there freezing. It's now snowing out as I'm like waiting for my dad to message me so I can get this work going. It's still complete white out. Mm. Like I'm frozen to the bones. It's so cold and so windy and this next snowstorm's coming in. So my dad finally messaged me. I'm like, yeah, it's exactly like, like a, like a bear would be, but I just stop, you know, halfway up and then, and then basically case, like case it the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Get my mountain lion taken care of, get all my meat, meat hung in a tree. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to, uh, Keep those quarters. Keep those quarters. I'm not going to debone them. I'll debone them maybe tomorrow. I'm really tired right now because I got to set up camp, and that ended up being a big mistake because those those quarters they had hanging in that tree. Those things froze froze solid, solid, <laughs> solid that first night, and I was so exhausted because like I, I had a big high of adrenaline rush. But then at, the snowstorm's coming, so I had to go make camp again. I had to rush and get all that wood, otherwise all it was going to be buried in snow because this area didn't have a lot of snow yet. Mm. I kind of wanted to try some lower elevations. And work my way higher. So yeah, hundred a hundred a ton more days. So now you got a little bit extra weight to pack around in all your chasing oh, yeah. deer. Because uh, for those that don't know, just real quick, mountain lion is absolutely incredible as far as table fare. One of my favorites. The meat on those things. I was skeptical. I shot a mountain lion back in Washington years ago, and I was pretty young, and I didn't know like. You guys actually eat these things, you know? And yeah, we ripped all the meat off, got back, and we were, me and my cousin, we shot two of them, actually. And uh, we were like, well, we'll give her a go. And we started eating it, and we we're like, oh, we got to get more of this someday. Like, we, it was some of the best meat ever. Um, I hadn't, I had never heard from like my father, I'd never shot one, so I didn't have any experience from him telling me or whatever. But it is absolutely delicious. Um, but those front shoulders, like you, when you were skinning it out, you probably noticed the uh -huh. front shoulders are a little different, right? And they're, yep. They've got some girth to them um, on the front end. On those I, was I was really surprised how dense the mm -hmm. meat and the bones were. Yeah. It's like you look at you look at them when you skin them out, and it's like, yeah, they're all tail, they're long body. But when I put them in my backpack, I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, there's, there's some weight here some somehow. Weight. Like, how like i'm just thinking like there's no it doesn't make sense but yeah 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 that's awesome man well i mean talk about turning a hunt around um 
you know, yeah, yeah it so hadn't worked like, out to that point, but the opportunity to get a mountain lion, there's so few and far between that just made, made your season. It's a right cheap, there. Oh yeah. It's the cheapest mountain I'll ever shoot. Mm. Just, you know, as a non-resident going somewhere, I didn't have to hire a guy. I don't have to pay some guy for dogs. I don't have to borrow one of my friends somewhere and be like, Hey man, I want to come mountain lion hunting, like pay you a bunch of gas and all that stuff. Shot spot and stock mountain lion. My dad just kept messaging yeah. me on inReach. Like that is the coolest thing ever. It's a once in a lifetime experience. <laughs> he was blown away. Yeah. And he said the same thing as you. He's like, are you keeping the meat? And I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely keeping the meat. He's like, yeah, that's the best meat ever. That's what mm -hmm. my dad told me. He shot one quite a few years ago. And then when I went to check it in at the fish and game station later, the latest, like, yeah, all I've heard is the meat is absolutely phenomenal. You got to savor every scrap of that stuff. It's so good. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and that's when I, and that's when I'll jump on a tangent. I got into a little discussion with her about why some of these states don't require you to take the meat from mountain lions and bears and whatnot and yeah it was a good discussion with her she didn't really have a good answer for it i'm like the meat's mm. phenomenal yeah meat's absolutely phenomenal yep yeah there are some states like, that I, don't I, require you to pull all the meat off it's it's very odd to me it doesn't make sense um no we always have and we always forever will but i just couldn't even imagine um you know mountain lion bears especially just pulling the hide out and not taking the meat like I, I, I honestly, I couldn't care less about a bear hide anymore. Um, you know, maybe some people don't like hearing that, but that doesn't do anything for me. It's the meat that I'm after. Um, and to leave that back there seems like, gosh, that's criminal in my mind. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted to ask her some different things. And I was like, I gave her my opinion. I'm like, if we want to continue this thing, that's hunting, this is one of those things that I'll say it like an anti-hunter group could start looking at and be like, all right, this is a trophy hunt because you're leaving the meat back here. And she's mm -hmm. like, that's a very good point. Like, I'm like, the meat's phenomenal. Like you said it, I said it, I hadn't had it yet, but I'm like, my dad told me about it. I even talked to a friend who was like, yeah, if there was a mule there and a mountain lion next to each other, I'd shoot the mountain lion all day. Absolutely. Yeah. Because Absolutely. it's just, it's just phenomenal meat. And it's like, yeah, it kind of sits me weird a little. Sometimes I'm thinking about things on the mountain, probably thinking too hard, but I'm like, gosh, like why do we why do why are rules built the way they are? But yeah, kill the kill an awesome mountain lion. That's cool. And then there that that so that rest of the time I had a bunch of days still left, but you know, my time's now numbered. Mm -hmm. I had again this giant basin that went really long. And I'm like, all right, I can just glass right here. I'm gonna every day I'm gonna keep working up this little this little ridge line and keep glassing this from pockets of timber. And this is again that that classic mule deer looking country this time of year, tons of snow on it, enough little burn pockets areas that deer can hide from they can probably start migrating down here if they want to but i can also see up into the high country not a deer on it this, this basin probably went up four miles i glassed the entire thing into like a couple of days by working up it in the deep snow i'm just like trudging through the deep snow post along just miserable trying mm. to time out like how, mu how much time the next day it's going to take me to get up here because it takes me a while to move through the snow in that in that country and not didn't see a single deer Hmm. I was like, what is going on? I don't, I don't even know what to think. I've never seen this before. Like, yeah, like there's pockets with no deer, pockets with deer, but I'm not seeing deer anywhere. I'm mo I've moved now camp a ton of time. Yeah. Finally get in this other area and I look down and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like 10 elk down there. I'm just <laughs> not happy right now. It's like, yay, there's a bunch of elk. There's not going to be any deer. And uh, all of a sudden I look over this other little spot though, in the middle of the day, I'm just like kind of glassing, trying to stay focused. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's there's a buck. I finally got a buck. Like something that's not a fork and horn. Mm. 
swap over to my spot, swap over my spotter right away. He was maybe like a thousand four hundred yards away. I could see a decent a, a rack a little bit, but I wanted to verify. I'm like, man, I could put a stock on this deer right now. I got enough time. I got to verify he's a big old mature deer. Put my spotter up on him. The deer's looking at like look away, look when he's bedded down in the snow. And I'm like, oh wow, he looks pretty nice. Turns his okay. head and I'm like, looking oh away. no. <laughs> yeah, he turned his head and I'm like, no, he's just a he's a baby still. Like he was like a hundred and fifty inch deer, maybe. Mm, like, yeah. like, you know, he's definitely he's like one of those deer you always like, yep, you had three more years, two more years. Like you might be something special. And then like yeah. bedded there, all pristine looking, just nice little snow's pocket. And I'm like, I can't do it. You know, it's just not a deer I want to go after. It's not something mature. I still have more days left. And then, then I saw that deer multiple times the rest of the hunt. Never saw any other deer with other other bucks. Like hmm. so all I know. I saw like I saw like a big three point. Uh gust of a big three point, but he wasn't a giant three point. And uh came out of that hunt just passing up deer. And I'm like, I Damn. I'm gonna go to the end of my hunt and just wait because I don't want like I'm not gonna shoot someone I'm not gonna be super stoked with. And the later I go. There's always that chance a big giant's going to stop out because now we're getting close to that time and when all that little nice stuff comes in the air, those does start to get a little get ready. And I'm it can like, happen overnight, right? Like that yeah. time of year, it can just turn on, especially after all that weather. Um, yeah, you know, it sounds like like we had we haven't really talked um, since that last podcast we did to really kind of go over each other's stories. My story is eerily similar to yours, Brady. Um, you you take away the mountain lion you add a wolf to it um and it's almost identical because i had i had a very similar frustration this year with you know you speak to these areas that are like picture perfect and um you know what i hate about those areas the picture perfect areas when you don't see something in them i find like i find myself like challenging myself to go back and even though i know it was really bad that time i was there i feel like I have to go back. There's got to be one there someday. And I want to be there exactly. and I want to see it. And I almost challenge yourself. You know, it's not going to be as good as maybe some other areas, but I feel like it just doubles down on this challenge to go back and take a buck out of that area or at least see one, you know? Yep. But um, uh, yeah, every once in a while, that's what happens on those, those absolute. I found that in, in Nevada, some places down there where, your your hunting areas and it's like just the absolute most magical place all things point to mature mule deer and um and often some of those picture perfects don't pan out but yeah, yeah my season um you're having so many days where you weren't seeing anything right so we too got there a little bit ahead of the weather and we too we're looking at our inreaches going, my gosh, this is setting up to be incredible. We just got to get to this yeah. spot. We know this area. We know what happens when the snow hits. We got to get to our spot. Mm-hmm. We got to our spot. The weather came in. That perfect storm came in. All this snow. And you get the fog, so you get the downtime. But you just know, yeah. like, absolute, no doubt in my head, when this fog lifts, like, two days after the storm, we're going to be looking at bucks. We're going to be looking at the best this country has to offer. And all things pointed to that, well, the fog lifts and not a deer, not a doe, not a forky, not a deer. And 
the next day and the next day and the next day. And because I had history with this place and I knew what it can produce and what, it, what can happen with the weather. And yeah. it's kind of a migration hunt, you know, <laughs> but I've never been to this place on a year where it was more picture perfect with all the things. Yeah. The only thing different was this year, the storm hit all at once. We never had any like little pre-storms ahead of it. We didn't have anything in September, nothing in October or the front end. And 100%. then when it happened, it was like, bam, it hit. And that was a little different. So that, but I didn't feel like even that was enough to kind of just turn the mountain into like this ghost town of animals. Like I, yeah. I spent five, yeah. six days, never saw a deer, never even saw a doe or a forky. And then you get to that point where you start cruising. All right, we're going to bomb up to that ridge and look into the next one. Maybe they're on their way. Maybe they're coming. Um, and you can't even pick up a track in the snow. And then, yeah. you know, I, I pushed it to the limit. My gut was saying stay. But then you get to a point, yeah, six, seven days in where you're like, all right, I'm an idiot. If I stay another day, I got to take this night and, and go bomb in somewhere else. And uh, it took a lot of moving to actually find young bucks forkies does but i never even laid eyes on a mature buck this year in on that hunt not even one now it got to the point where um we did double digit distance miles away from where i wanted to be and we started to find a little migration but it was mm -hmm. the very front end of it and yeah. so, you know, this whole time, what happens when you, you hit stretches like this, where like all things are good and you can't figure out what's going on. You just, you, you throw all these theories out. Like you, you're all this like bouncing theories off each other. Like what the heck, maybe, maybe the snow hit like almost too much. Like we got too much and the deer didn't take their normal long ridge migration down. They just dropped down and they got pinned down. We had all these little scenarios going on and, you know, this day, I still don't know exactly why it, it worked out the way it did. And, and it was such a dead year for this place because I, I don't know that I'll ever see another year where the snow was perfect. The conditions were perfect. The only thing missing was we didn't have anything early to maybe get that yeah. migration going a little bit earlier. Um, and it, it seemed as if my story, your story, it's a very common story for i've heard it from a lot of people this year yeah a lot of folks um the bios we talked to a couple of game agents and they were saying the same thing it was it was the toughest year they've ever seen um and they had their ideas and their theories and it was such a dry summer and no weather and this and that but in the end um i caught up to these guys in november and um talked to them and i was really curious like what happened in November, like after yeah. I was in this, this general area and they said, yeah, the bucks started showing up, but it wasn't even in November. It was like the very end, like there was no season going on, but yeah. you know, they were starting to see them and, um, like a month late or a month and a half late compared to where we normally would yeah. see them with the snow. It was a bizarre year, man. I, you feel like you've done this so many years. You and I have done a lot of hunts. Um, where everything screamed magical season and then you hit a year magical like and you're like what the heck i feel like a rookie i've never done this before yeah um, it, back it, to square it, one 
it kind of it, like again it makes you question a lot of things when you're out there it's like i started questioning all my all my effort researching am i doing things wrong like have i what happened in the years past that like i pushed through in this situation like this i'm trying to think of everything like you were saying like situationally like what happened and i do remember right before we both left we were all concerned that there hadn't been snow yet oh yeah like there has been so dry and hadn't been any snow and it didn't look like there was any snow in the forecast until like we could see a little glimpse of it yet. Like we were looking out in the future, but like, yep. then I saw that snowstorm and I was so excited, but oh, just like all my worries went away when I saw that what was coming, like this mega storm and the snow and the temperatures dropping. And I was like, all right, I don't have to worry about weather anymore. It's coming. It's going to be here. It's going to be amazing. And then we got it and it was just a, her sandwich up there is bizarre yep and i was even sitting there and i was thinking like i've experienced this in other states other years like i was hoping for snow hoping for snow you know it's a little earlier and all of a sudden we got slammed like slammed with snow and it was like we got slammed like the day before the hunt and i still wanted i was like this we got we got the weather i wanted to like i'm glad we got it and we still go crazy high crazy deep and i was able to glass a ton of deer up I was able to glass deer in the deer tracks in the snow. I was seeing where the deer were at, where they're moving down to. Everything was perfect. And I'm like, in this situation, I'm not I'm not able to glass tracks. I'm looking at basins all over the place. There's not even a track on the mountain. Like most of the time you can see some sort of sign of life by just glassing for tracks when the shadows move. You can see those track lines in the snow. Nothing this year. Hmm. Me neither. Just... I so I had a buddy with me, uh Kayam, and you know, when you get to the last couple of days of the, of the hunt, you know, you kind of know what's going to happen. It's going to be, I know he's going to hate me at this point because we're going to put miles on and we're going to climb and we're going to do whatever it takes. And it's the backcountry like supper fest. It, it, yeah. All, all things are a go the last couple of days. And so I was, I was running up 2,500 feet and looking off of this ridge. And I was like, I just got to start finding tracks. Like where the heck are these tracks? And I would go up there and I'd just be like, like a kick to the gut, like flabbergasted. What, where are they? Like, where in the world are they? I'm now in their summer range. Um, they're not higher than I am. And they're not mid mountain where I wanted to catch them. And the snow had kind of receded at this point a bit. And, uh, yeah, it was frustrating. So, oh my man, we, we put the miles on, we grabbed the perches um and we covered a lot of miles we lost a lot of pounds in the end of that hunt in a matter of a few days <laughs> and uh it came down to our last day and we got up early like we got up at like four or something or hi started hiking at four put a couple thousand feet of vertical on got up on this ridge like this is the last day we're gonna make it happen and we ended up seeing quite a few young bucks you know some bucks that we this is just nothing of age yet um nothing of age nothing of age that's the same thing and end of the day end of the last day and um times behind me and probably 100 yards behind me stomping up in the snow and we had just seen like um there was a there was a kill up there on this ridge i don't know you know what it was i'm assuming it was a something got it wolves or whatever and uh there's a giant golden eagle parked on it so Kaim's taking some pictures, you know, and, and trying to get some video of this golden eagle parked on this carcass. And, you know, you could hear the, you could hear the ravens, you know, they weren't there with the golden eagle on the carcass. They were in the trees and they're 
creating a lot of noise. And, um, you know, when we got up there, we kind of went that direction because of the noise thinking, you know, we got wolf tags maybe. Well, there wasn't anything, um, no wolf tracks going into it or whatever. And so we went about another couple hundred yards and I look up and I see this beautiful coyote, like red tail all the way through first, you know, first half a second. I'm like, is that a wolf? No, nope. it's a smiley face, little coyote. And he was kind of quartering away from me. Um, maybe he came from the side and saw me, but he was, he was jetting out, um, from left to right. And, uh, I look back and, you know, I could just barely see the top of Kime's head coming up the deal. And I was like, dang, that would have been cool if that was a wolf. I turn around and it is the weirdest thing, Brady, because I turn around, I take a few more steps and what's coming left to right, but now left to right towards me instead of away from me. Now I see this thing trotting along and I'm like, oh, it's probably a pair, you know, then I'm like, no, that is, <laughs> that is a giant wolf oh my god and he's and he gets he's like 70 yards from me and he's just trotting along it's no idea and he's going right to the direction of where the birds are working you know in the trees going that direction and um i turn around and i see kime coming and i give him the stop sign and he goes down and and that wolf just you know i'm trying to get my get my pack off and it's pretty deep snow in that area I couldn't quite get it. So he kind of dipped to my right and, um, gosh, he was only probably at that point, 50 yards away and he just dipped out of sight. Mm. And so I had my rifle out, moved over expecting a really close shot. And he's just standing out there, totally broadside. I got prone. Perfect. All things are a go. I, I wasn't going to wait for time to get the camera or anything like that. You just don't think about that with a wolf. Yeah. And, um, slowly squeeze and click and uh my firing pin slammed down but it was a weak hit and um didn't go off so it didn't go off jack that shell out my whole whole body hurts hurts hurt hearing this that wolf took off and uh it was history but Mm. I, I jacked that shell out and it's deep snow. And I was like, what the heck? I looked at Kyle and he's like, what happened? I was like, didn't go off. Didn't go off. Don't know. It had a little, had a little ding in the back of the primer. Had the ding in the back, just a small little ding. I mean, it had to be so close to firing that sucker off, but it just didn't quite do it. Yeah. It took us a while to find that, that thing. When I jacked it, it just fell into yeah, the fluffy the snow, snow, you know? And so we dug around, dug around, dug around until I found it. And, sure enough yeah it just uh hit the primer just not enough so that was a bad deal um the only thing i can mm. think of was the conditions the cold um during cold, the days yeah. it was getting fairly almost like melting conditions in the day and then it would freeze rock solid um in the afternoon yep. or in the evenings and so something happened must have got a little moisture in there and uh that thing just didn't push out but yeah the spring what spring wasn't able to move yeah 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 so that, oh, that that's was a the, let that down just, that that just that just hurts I, I this is the first time i've heard this from you i'm just like thinking right now like you have a wolf you're you're like the same situation as me like grinding it all week and this is that one chance to turn it around would have made the trip and then, and then some yeah would have made the trip and then some oh man Cause like, that's my only saving grace was taking my mountain lion. After looking back after, like, I was like starting to hike out. I was like, 
This is why every now and then I pick up other tags just in case you always have the opportunity tag because you're mm -hmm. out there hunting, never know what's going to happen. But yeah, having a wolf and then having a firing pin thing is just like that. that is the worst, worst uh, situation I was, ever. I was bummed. I was bummed for a few days after that. I I was uh, I was so bummed out. It was like a, it was a long walk. We ended up. Um, I think we ended up putting uh, 14 miles on that day, and to no avail with the end with it ending like that, and with just like everything set up to have this great hunt taking a nice wolf at the end and then for it to not happen was just like man i can't believe it but um yeah um so yeah that was that was my season in a nutshell which sounds very similar to yours i didn't get the uh the joy though of taking a predator in the end so unfortunately mm -hmm. but i but then he... oh go for it oh i i was gonna say i um I did have another hunt at the end in, in November, had a late season tag. And, um, with my daughter, we ended up finding, finding a couple of good bucks on that one. But, um, yeah, the, the, the season that I, the hunt that I expected things to go so well, it just didn't go well. So, um, already thinking back and looking at my wounds from that, looking at next year, I honestly can't wait for that same hunt to happen again. I just want to know, like if this was just some weird fluky thing with the weather yeah. and how it was, how it came out. I mean, I don't know, but I am so looking forward to redeeming myself on that hunt and going back and trying to find an old crusty. Um, it's never an easy hunt, but generally hard work pays off and diligence yep. kind of like you, 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 we sit in these areas and sometimes you're sitting there five, six days and, and yeah, you don't see much, but you just know what's coming. Like you just got this feeling and, um, usually it pays off this year. It didn't. Yeah. Like you said, it's always comes down to when we, everyone talks like, how do you kill big deer? How do you kill mule deer? It's like, well, just, just go further than anyone else is willing to do work harder than anyone else is willing to do sacrifice all your sleep, sacrifice everything. Just, just be at the right spot, the right time, grind it day after day. And then going through a hunt like we just both did, and you do all the stuff you think you can do, and have it not come out—it's just like, I don't know, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. I feel defeated, but I feel like I put in all all the effort I could. But the only thing right now that makes make me really conflicted, but also makes me reassuring a little bit, is I experienced my stuff in, in a new unit to me, completely new unit. So that's why when I was on that hunt that was coming out, I hadn't talked to anyone yet, and I'm just defeated, like. This yeah. unit is horrible, like never coming back here again, too picture perfect. But then hearing your story, I've heard quite other friends, the same story. And I'm like, in the back of my head, like we talked about a little bit earlier, do I come back to this spot? Mm. Because it did have all the makings for what I like, remoteness. I was able to get as far back as I wanted to. Never, never saw a person the entire hunt, which was great for me. Like I was steep and deep. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, do I try it again? Or do I just give up on it and leave? But it's like, it's hard for me almost to give up on it. Like, I think you got to go back, Brady, because uh, I, I mean, yeah, different. Your unit was, was brand new. Mine was one that I'd hunted a few times and knew, knew it so well. Um, and yet it, it, it threw me a curveball this year. I, I think it was an anomaly. I, I don't see that happening again. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, during the hunt, you're like, man, was there like a massive die off in here? What? what could it oh yeah 
all those things run through your head. And then you kind of come back and you start talking to others and, and you're like, oh, they, they saw the exact same thing. Um, talk to the game agents. They saw the same thing. Nobody was finding mature bucks. Nope. Um, and then, you know, they showed up, but well after season. And so that mm-hmm. tells me it was just a fluky year. Um, and hopefully yep. years to come, it's not going to be the same. So I think you got to go back, Brady, yeah. and uh, redeem yourself. I think I, I think I do have to go back. And I might even, I've even been trying to think right now of like, what could have I done different on my hunt? And I haven't been able to pinpoint that either because it's like I did everything I normally do. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, going back, I think, is like you said, you got to get that monkey off your back and redeem yourself and go back in there. It could be, I could go back in there and it's going to be the best hunt I've ever had. That's what I'm thinking right now as well. Like every sign points to there'll be deer there. I did see some deer, saw some young deer. Where's that old giant? He was probably just hanging out or like you said, just dropped off somewhere because of that snowstorm was so it hit so hard. Mm. It hadn't been anything else. No one else has been back in the deer have got another year of age on them. No one's killed anything. Yep. Took a predator, took a predator out of there, saved some deer in the process. So deer are gonna be happier. There's gonna be some bigger bucks making it through the winter, hopefully. That's my mind tells me at least. Yep. I mean, it's a game oh, yeah. of inches sometimes, right? I mean, you could have caught that buck that morning. You said the track was fresh. You could have peered over that, fresh. looked into that basin, and he could have been there. Like, he was obviously and, just there. And then, so. we, and then and your then season was totally different, different. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I'd be like, wow, that, that was an amazing storm. I don't know what you're thinking, Lampers. Like, this right. was a great, great year. <laughs> like, it could have turned. Just like that. Yep, for sure.